1: I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Alan Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual, Textual healing. healing. So as everyone knows, there's a not a World War Three happening, but there's a there's a war happening over in Europe between Russia and Ukraine and You know, if you, if you maybe are lost in sort of what's going on and all the details, we have actually a representative. We have an
2: expert, a foreign policy expert, an um,
1: expert here to, um, to basically explain it to you. So let's, let's just play the audio
3: around the table and quickly realize that these gays have no idea what's going on. So I'm like, how can I explain this to them in a way that they'll understand? So here it is. Ukraine is a submissive bottom. Russia is a dom top. They have been in a complicated relationship with each other for a long time until Ukraine decided that she wanted to be a strong, independent woman. And she left Russia behind in 1991. Okay, that was 30 years ago. Since then, she is doing everything that she can to better herself and be independent and is trying to join a, and really wants to be a part of the plastics, right? So the plastics being NATO. Now, not anybody can just join the plastics. I mean, you can't just sit with us. You actually have to go through a lot and all countries have to unanimously decide that they want to allow Ukraine to join NATO, which they've have been trying to do. And I think they're actually supposed to join in 2024. But Russia knows what is happening. So they're like, bitch, you can't leave me and then go join this group and live out your life like I want you back.
2: So I think he has his PhD in Ukrainian studies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Am I right? Oh, but okay. wait, we have to set the scene. We have to set yep. the
1: scene because first off the the user uh, is is Brendan Scott Brennan. Cooper. and uh, of, course Br- Brennan? Brennan. of course it's yeah. a three name, three names. it's <laughs> not Brendan either.
4: Brennan Scott hey. Cooper. Brennan
1: I also have one of those names, let me just say.
4: Well, <laughs> no,
2: yours no. is abbreviated because your first name is appalling to some people. It is. Uh, it is. Well, it's it should reason. be
1: appalling to all people. <laughs> I guess
2: <laughs> so, right, right. Yes.
1: Um. But, uh, so yeah, his name's Brennan Scott Cooper. I just hate the name Brennan. I just feel like it's a lazy Brennan. It's Brendan. like i yeah. I'm sure his yeah. name's not uh, Brennan. Yeah. But he right. is sitting in his car um, in a tank top, in a pink tank top, which, yeah. I mean, for most of the country, it's mm-hmm. March. I feel like it's still cold most... Of places in the united states not judging that i just kept thinking that while he was saying it and he he's doing sort of like a like a cutesy way of describing the situation in in the ukraine which i think i mean i think is beneficial in so that insofar as more people should be understanding what is going on in the ukraine but i also think equating it to really catty like dumb i mean people are dying like they literally this morning i woke up to news of like russia bombing an area where children were like oh yeah i
4: mean it's, i mean it's 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 it's, bru- it's excruciating and it's brutal and yeah brennan felt necessary to uh use tiktok to explain it using the most basic ass <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> I mean, lowest gay, common denominator, sexual, lowest common denominator sexual terminology and like this is I don't know. I, 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 all right. So full disclosure, I couldn't watch more than 10 seconds. The moment <laughs> I heard that Ukraine was a submissive bottom, I said, I'm done and I'm not watching this. And I also, of course, didn't read the comments. So I'm assuming. Well, he deleted were- the video. He, the he deleted were brutal it, yeah.
1: And he initially deleted it on TikTok, I believe. And then someone had saved it because the Internet everyone yeah, had, had receipts. And it was uh, then posted to Twitter, I believe.
2: Okay. see, I I was going to say, I think what's important from this is that, you know, because he's a gay man, he doesn't get a pass for being just appallingly simple minded and ridiculous. And uh, when it comes to something that's extremely like, you know, important and has global ramifications and there are like innocent people getting caught up in this and like to, to, to boil it down to sub and Dom is so offensive to me. And like, you know, we talk all the time on this podcast about like someone getting offended for one thing or another. And usually I'm the one who's like, Oh, give me a fucking break. Chill out. Like yeah, you, we shouldn't be offended so easily, but this is one instance where you're like, no, fuck you, you piece of shit. Like this is (laughs) not the time.
1: There was something that I I wanted to ask you, you specifically a Brent about that. I mean, even though I do, I think it's, I don't think this thing is necessarily appalling. I do feel like it's a, very very piss poor attempt at, at being funny and i wonder if like like if a comedian like a comedian who's actually more talented and funny were to describe trying to describe the situation that's happening in ukraine between rican and russia in sort of a not a lighthearted but like a a silly way
4: something a little it.
2: irreverent yeah something yeah, a little no. irreverent
1: like is that it would that then be also as offensive as this like that's something i, that I, I think, think
2: that's just... a, i think that's a great point and i think i think the fact that he brought sex into it and the fact that i think maybe this is my own bias my own biasy <laughs> but like the fact that i my contempt with the community is that everything is about sex so he he i, I do think sex so for instance let's say let's say louis ck did a joke about uh, you know Russia and and Ukraine, and he talked about Russia being some fat trucker slob who fucks his wife every night. Like I think you know, I I think we would probably say, oh yeah, that's fucking insensitive and dumb and 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 inappropriate under these circumstances. Yeah. So I think to me the 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 line is like kind of bringing sexual innuendo which is so, so like predictable and basic and and predictable on the, basic. So on the nose uh-huh. yeah. so i think that's uh, you know i i hear the point that you're making and i think it's a fair one and i think that's probably if i'm being consistent i think that's the line i'm drawing here you know yeah i
3: think yeah. I,
4: I i can i went <clears throat> further but i couldn't watch past the part where you started using like uh like like african-american vernacular <laughs> i don't oh, no. what wait, did I, you say went, where, yeah what wait, was that? Uh, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he started kind of talking like the way like Megan Trainer talks, you know, where you're like, "Oh, please don't do that! Please don't do that!" You know, he's just he's just so on the nose. Wait, but
1: uh, wait, it, uh, isn't Megan Trainer white?
4: Yes, but the way that she tries to talk like she's black too.
1: Oh, uh, okay, okay. Got that, like,
4: that like it's like an that,
2: affect. Got Yeah, it.
4: the affect. It's like, oh god, dude, like you're already. <sighs> I mean, quite honestly, it's like he's this already blows. Now you're you are literally making it worse. I I, I honestly though I'm glad to see that the blowback was consistent and quick because like brent i'm not interested in in perusing the co- I, c- I could only go so far but i i did take solace in seeing that a lot of uh queer people and were like yeah this is terrible like yeah it's a terrible just... idea and of course if his first re- response was to be like like have catty responses to them and then eventually oh no way like, of course yeah, yeah. yeah of and then <laughs> <did
1: that. laughs> Um, I mean, in a weird way, I think if he would have framed it, because I'm thinking, I'm coming at it from like a, a comedy perspective, in that mm. it just wasn't funny. And it was intended to be cute and funny. Like that was what, the, clearly that was the end. He wasn't intending to teach anybody anything. He wanted yeah. attention and he thought it was a funny way of doing, of describing a, a news situation. And that's, yeah. uh, that was his intent. And which, fine, that's social media. People do that all the fucking time on social media. I get that. That said, like it just wasn't funny and it wasn't well thought out, and so like just then just don't do it because it's just it's common. It's like the lowest common denominator of like a, a fart joke or a sex joke, yes, like a, exactly like grabbing, and that's so, and that's so much of what the three of us have have related on that there is this sort of sometimes in queer comedy. It's like you're a clown barker in a lot of ways because you're just, yeah. you're just screaming the things he that get the crowd. Mean, yeah, the mean, even, the,
4: even the mean girl, it's like a mean girl's reference, talking like a black woman, basically oh. making it about sex. It's like he couldn't be any more predictable checking and checking like
2: every box. Yeah,
1: couldn't yeah. be a worse uh, uh, mascot for the community. <laughs> yeah, it would be funny if it wasn't, if it was like he was trying to make fun of a gay man describing the new situation in ukraine you know what i mean like if he, oh, was, yeah. if he was doing a parody of that then i might have laughed
2: yeah it, because sure. it was
1: genuine it wasn't funny right. it is
2: it is funny that you know even though obviously social media is absolutely a nightmare and it's so stupid and we project power onto it but it is funny that like so let's say this guy had this thought i know this guy isn't a comedian but like let's say he had had this thought wherever he lived 50 20 years ago right let's say this all happened 20 years ago before tiktok and social media yeah. he just would have gone to an open mic he would have done this joke no one would have laughed or he yeah. would have gotten some jeers and he would have left the stage and nothing would have happened and never done but it now again. now when you when you post something like this it is instantaneously scrutinizable for the rest yeah. of your life in theory right. yeah. you know or you not know, the rest of your life but for for the short term and that is like i mean it's probably something he's learning you know uh, intimately at this point. I used
1: to I used to do uh, a joke years, years, years ago when I was like lost for material and I was sort of, I, I just didn't like anything I was doing and I, I would literally just describe um, uh, Harry Truman and Bess Truman's marriage and like, <laughs> and I would just go on like how they met and their courtship and how it was so prolonged and she was so angry at him all the time, so much so that she forced her mother to live with them at the White House and her mother would like piss on Harry Truman like to the press. Like she would say, oh, wow. horrible, she would say horrible things about the president to the press, but not like in like a political way, but in just like a never thought he was good enough for her sort of way. Oh,
0: wow. and,
1: and, <laughs> and, and, it's, and I would just I would go down that rant and just and use it as sort of just like I would bring in news items into it. And it was never really funny, but it was fun for me. And so I related to what he was doing
2: mm-hmm. in
1: the situation, but mm-hmm. it just it wasn't executed well.
2: Well, yeah, you won't that, you won't get canceled by that, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> Not even joking. Um, we are joined today by one of my absolute best friends in the whole world, a uh, writer for Modern Family, It's Always Sunny, Community, Mythic Quest, and of course, perhaps most importantly of all, University of Michigan graduate, <laughs> Megan, Gan- <laughs> Megan Gans. How are you, Megan? Hi, Megan. Go blue.
0: I'm, blue! I'm doing great. How are you guys? <laughs> go good. Blue!
2: I don't even know how to even do that properly. Yeah, Go Blue is what people generally say when they care about football, which I don't, uh, as it turns out. Um, and Megan, did you go to any football games when, when you were in college?
0: I did go to football games. Yeah, um, I actually went to football games from when I was young. Like, I think my first game, I was like six or seven. Oh, wow! My dad took us to Michigan games because both my parents went to U of M. Yeah. Um, for graduate school, and um, and my dad for undergrad too. So he was like a huge Michigan fan. He actually wanted to name me Mishi, so my name would be Mishi Gans. Oh, <laughs> that's no, God. right. Oh, my God. I
2: remember that. Yeah. How? I
1: mean, can you imagine your life if your name was Michi?
0: Oh, I mean, honestly, I feel like the only easy part of it would have been my application to U of M because I would have just written, come on.
2: Right. <laughs> like, Read my name.
0: <laughs> and then where else am I supposed to go to? U- University of Ohio? I think not.
2: Right, yeah. right, right. No.
4: Wait, did Brent, did you go to football games when you were at I U of M? went
2: to, like, I went to no football games when I was in college. <laughs> and I went to, like, two football games in, like, high school. And it's... It's not for me, although I will say I regret it now. I wish I had gone um, because it is, it's is—it's communal, like people drink. If I had like gone and gotten in, you know, I guess you sneak in booze, but if I'd gone and gotten drunk, I think I would have enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, but this was actually before I started drinking. So this is before I became oh, like wow. a, full, a full human being. Is really what I'm trying to do. <laughs> when did you guys meet? We met in oh. college, go, go, oh, yes. sorry, go I, ahead. I, wait. Set up the scene.
1: Make it a meet cute. Like, do a thing. What was the moment like? You want the floor? Brent was
0: wearing a salmon colored suit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, we met at a bar called the Heidelberg in Ann Arbor. Um, Brent was, I believe, at that time hosting a stand up night that was on the um, sort of. What would you call it, attic of, yeah. of that bar? Yeah. Was it the attic, well, the crawl space? Right, the, 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 a,
2: the, a, a barely comfortable crawl space above uh, <laughs> a bar uh, with very bad like Eastern European design. Uh, yes, it, it, it was not the most beautiful space
0: um but it was this uh, bar on campus and um uh, bar restaurant and um brent hosted these stand-up nights and i went and um it was love at first sight from from my end <laughs> can't speak from him uh but no he was just so funny and it was like um you know maybe sophomore beginning of sophomore year of college is that yeah right? yeah um, it was because it
2: was right before you left to to do your semester abroad in london
0: that's right And I remember that the first night we spent together, we drank chocolate martinis. Oh my god! I don't think I've ever had one of those again.
4: The whole idea—coffee,
2: any
1: coffee, alcoholic drink or chocolate, alcoholic drink—I'm just not. I can't. No cream,
2: cream, no cream. I do do remember a, a few times in college meeting. Again, this is sort of before I was like drinking fairly commonly. And I would, I would meet Megan, Megan at bars. And I suppose this is a slightly more common thing to order in, in Michigan. But I would very frequently get pina coladas. Because that was basically the only <laughs> oh drink I knew of that like existed uh, that you could like order. And then I remember we, we, Megan and I moved to New York. And I remember going to the first bar that we went together in new york and i i asked i ordered a pina colada and i've never seen a bartender like ignore someone like more successfully <laughs> it was like it was like he was looking at me i ordered the pina colada and then i just became invisible and i no longer existed to him <laughs> yeah it was, he was like, probably I don't...
0: like 20 degrees outside when you ordered that pina colada so right. he was like right. what right. like why
1: <laughs> you're on a cruise ship i have a feeling elliot would also his first bar experience he would order a drink that was just wildly
4: yeah I, was,
1: I... someone that like 21 should be ordering
4: yeah i was drinking uh bay breezes (laughs) (laughs) and uh i think Bay babies and like electric
2: lemonade like wow uh, i I I love how you say that in past tense like you don't still order the juiciest possible like alcohol drink you can get every time you go out
4: (laughs) yeah but i I don't have like berry teenies and i mean uh, yeah i guess it's not worth it it's it's true that i i I can't really do like full-grown adult drinks i need something that's like on the Mm-hmm. Sweeter side, because yeah. you know, or uh, amaretto sours are pretty great, actually. Oh, see, I had to, uh,
1: my uh, my thing was I, my first drink was a sweet drink, but it was apparently like like a cheap person's drink. I don't know. I always told it was like what like the cheapest alcohol it was Seagram's. It was Seven and Sevens, basically. So it seven, seven Up seven. and Seagram's, and that was like my favorite drink for like years.
2: <clears throat> it's funny you say that because I feel like in a lot of ways uh, Megan taught me how to be an adult, and one of them was. I still order what you ordered back then, which was you always got a da- uh, whiskey Coke. Yeah, yeah whiskey I think coke. is like the only like mixed drink that yeah. it, it, I actually do find like very endearing. And it's just, I think it, it's a good blend. Uh, but that was like what you ordered... Like in New York, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, Megan's cool. She cokes. knows what she's doing. It's whiskey cokes from here on out." It also sounds cool. Well, I just wanted
0: to Coke. be a, a woman that drank whiskey. I always thought that yeah. that was like cool, so I just kind of pushed through and like got myself there. Yeah.
4: And you guys moved to New York together. After yeah.
0: college? I graduated. Um, well, we graduated at the same time. Um, we went to our graduation ceremony together. Yeah. It very nice yeah, wearing the right. robes and everything. Right. And then, yeah, we, we um, moved out to New York. I got, got an apartment with another friend of ours from college. Um, lived in Brooklyn off the Graham Avenue stop. Mm. Um, and uh, started kind of our stand-up careers out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was writing. I was always not planning on being a stand-up and kind of um, more into the writing uh, vein. And I was doing an internship at The Onion then. And But yeah, we were going to all the shows together. Mm -hmm. And occasionally, I would get on stage only because comedians would think I was weird if I just went to shows (laughs) all the time and never went on stage. That was about the extent of it um and yeah lived together for what three years in new york before i moved to la yeah we
2: lived together for three years in new york in sort of the heart Mm -hmm. of williamsburg Um, and roughly
4: how many times did you get to hear brent Sing like uh, Mary Travers in the shower. Oh,
0: I mean, not enough, and I, also constantly. <laughs> uh, I
2: remember that. I was, was going to say, that, I feel right? like I feel like the guys will probably want to know: Is there any like, are there any fun tidbits about what it was like living with me that, that kind of pop into your head? Um,
0: um, I mean, always loving Brent's look in the morning of full t-shirt but then just underwear like totally happy with his legs very confident in the in the legs not at all with the, i've never seen his upper torso not not once right. in the entire uh i don't know how long we've been friends 12 14 years yeah, i don't think anybody so.
4: has yeah yeah
0: yeah um so that was always fun. Um, yeah, Brent belts, we would call it. He, yeah. he's, he's prone to belting. Uh, A <laughs> little uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary from time to time. Right. Enya sometimes yes. uh, comes yeah. out. Yes. Yeah. Um, He's a great roommate, Brent. Actually, um, we actually were had one apartment where we shared uh, a wall, and the only window in my bedroom was actually a window into Brent's room. <laughs> right, that was just right. at the top of oh, one God. of the yeah. yeah so, and um, and so it was like. You know not too private But if it wasn't that I would have had no windows at all But um, Brent My favorite moment in that apartment was That there was a cockroach in Brent's room And I, I had to come rescue him From the cockroach with a I, I, I came in um, wielding a giant uh, Thing of Tide detergent <laughs> And um, and He was I, I, uh, I, will, I was, will never
2: forget this and this is I think one of my, my Favorite memories of you so I'm talking with My mom on the phone I'm sitting in I did actually have a private bathroom in that bedroom Sitting in that bathroom and all I remember was I could hear like scurrying and I, I just went into fight or flight mode. I still don't remember what I saw, <laughs> but I started screaming and I ran out of my room. All I had done was scream. I ran out of my room. And as I was leaving, Megan was entering with that thing in her hands to kill it. She just like instantly I didn't know if knew. it was a person, yeah.
3: it was a
0: bug. I was that's ready for anything. I was like, right? don't. You also were by the fire escape, so it could have yeah. been a person. Yes, that's know. right.
2: That's actually a very, that's oh. a very fair point. Do you miss, do you miss living in New York or?
0: Oh, every day I
2: know. of my life. Yeah, I yeah, do too. Well, it's weird.
0: Well, first of all, living with you is great. I miss that. That's a big part of it. So I've I've never lived in New York for any significant amount of time without you. So I don't know how much it would reduce. I, I would guess 75% of my enjoyment yeah. would be gone uh, of the city. <laughs> so um, but um, no, I, I don't like driving. Um, so New York was better for that. I also just never meant to like end up in LA. Um, I miss the weather. I grew up yeah. in the Midwest. So I... I would prefer to be doing what I'm doing from New York, but it didn't yeah. end up that way. And thankfully I moved out here in like 2009 and almost everybody that I knew mm-hmm. in New York has since moved out to Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah. So that's yeah. good.
1: It was an exodus. Yeah, and it really you... was an exodus. That's isn't that weird how that works that like, mm-hmm. and now New York, apparently, I mean, I've been back, haven't been back since the pandemic, but it's like completely different now. I mean, it just, everyone says that even friends of mine who still live there, they're like, this is not the city you left. Mm
2: just a different vibe because the people yeah. left yeah yeah
1: Same.
2: it is it is kind of crazy you can move to such a big city and make it somehow feel like home you can yeah. make it feel like you know in an only as an arrogant 28 year old would think this but you're like <laughs> this is my city <laughs> you know um,
4: yeah. and you guys were you are also are you as fanatical about project runway as Brent is?
0: I was at one point in college. We used to watch it like constantly. Mm. Um, but then I got into Drag Race and it sort of <laughs> filled that hole in my life for like and then there's plus so much performance on top of it that I was yeah. like, I mean, yeah, so
2: I, I, I want to talk about this because this was this was actually a point uh, a discussion I wanted to bring up. So it is it's not a secret on this podcast that I am not a fan of Drag Race. <laughs> Uh, I I love and support lots of drag queens. <laughs> My favorite drag queen is Sadie Pines, H. Allen Thank Scott's you. drag queen al- alter ego. Nice. But I remember yeah. asking you once, Megan, because for some reason I felt like I was surprised that you liked Drag Race as much as you did. Because I remember asking you, like, why do you like it? When I feel like what it does is it it sort of chari- it characterizes. What I think women should be getting away from, which is really gaudy makeup and sort of cliche, ostentatious uh, displays of sassiness or whatever. And I remember your response was so like perfectly eloquent. Do you remember what you said?
0: um well no i'm i i i remember the reason that i that i love drag race but why don't i don't want to get it wrong or i could just talk about it in general you're you're
2: welcome to talk about it in general and if you don't hit it i'll tell you i'll I'll tell you what the what the thing you told me
0: um i i think that it's actually that is the way that I personally watching drag is the way that I do get away from those pressures of femininity Mm -hmm. because it is almost a send up of. What femininity or masculinity is supposed to be. I think it's also like in a more general way, just a med- for me a meditation on what fakeness and realness is, and 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 whether like having fake boobs makes you more or less real of a person. They they go they go so far into the artifice of it that it loops back around in some really cool way for me of seeming seeming more real a more real expression of gender because it 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 sort of accepts that it's all what you make of it Mm -hmm. right there's no right way to do it or wrong way it sort of throws out all the conventions by taking all the conventions and then taking them to an 11. Mm -hmm. so that's what i love about it like i i watch it and i There's also something fantastic about, and now Drag Race has expanded to not just be men, um, cis men competing, but seeing men take up femininity as a form of claiming power for themselves makes me, as a woman... I don't know, there's something about it like I watch it and I go, wow, they see power in femininity in a way that maybe I don't have as much access to or I don't think mm-hmm. of it that way because I'm always trying to escape it and move into a more like desexualized <clears throat> place in certainly like in my work and, and things so that I can be quote-unquote taken more seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But seeing men choose that as a version of making themselves feel more powerful. Yeah. I don't know. I that's that's what me. I think me the
1: latter the latter is like probably the most I mean that's the most poignant thing for me is that like and it also like it personifies so much of i think at least for me what what queer men sort of celebrate in women in that like i i remember <laughs> a lot of articles that i pitch or a lot of things that i want to write i'm like yeah let me do a feature on sally field even though she has nothing coming out mm-hmm. nothing happening. Yeah. i'm just like i don't want people to love sally field as much as i do or diane keaton or like you yeah. know viola mm-hmm. davis all these women yeah. that i love so much and it's like because i want to celebrate them i want to celebrate yeah. their awesomeness that maybe mainstream culture doesn't necessarily fully get or whatever. And I think drag is a great way of sort of taking those things that I obsess over in pop culture and film and television and like putting it into my work so that that there is sort of a recognition of like, these women or the things that I love or the golden girls or whatever it is. You
0: know, it, it... it also always gets me when the drag Queens say that there's some part of their persona that is an homage to their mother, Yeah. you know, like yeah. um, Vangie talks about that a lot, like that she is basically doing a version of her mother. Mm-hmm. That's because that's the most beautiful woman on earth to her. Mm-hmm. And th- that always just gets oh, me. Oh, the tears.
2: Maybe <laughs> Brent would feel
4: differently the if there pole. was a drill. If there was a drag queen that uh, resembled Irene, right? it, might, oh, yes. it, might, it might be a different story. Oh. We have a fanatic here. <laughs> maybe, maybe an She's Irene loves She's too Loll's much woman queen. for any
0: drag queen. Irene. <laughs>
4: I know we're just going through like a laundry list of things that we like like about you and and uh, your relationship to Brent, but we also have to mention that Alan and I were both in attendance for what was the most amazing birthday party a few years oh, ago yeah. before COVID. <laughs> yes. Yes. You threw Brent a birthday party that was a really extensive- um, So good. Extensive and and um,
2: complicated uh, escape room. Yeah, yeah you, an escape room so, so, at let, your ha- home. So for, Go ahead, Brent. For my, uh, God, for, it was my 26th birthday, Megan <laughs> <laughs> transformed her apartment into an incredible, incredibly elaborate escape room which we that loved was brent themed. together that was that was themed specifically <laughs> about my very obscure strengths uh intellectually so like i am really good uh at like picking out skylines so like w- like one of the clues <laughs> i had to like i had to like chart Topeka. <laughs> yeah i had to chart places on a map based off of pictures of the skyline without knowing what city it was but i was able to get i think like Five out of the six, and
0: yeah. you were so good at it.
2: And there was I there mean, was a really the soda best part taste was the test so- that was like... the soda
4: taste test was incredible because you <laughs> you have made clues but these extensive clues based on unmarked beverages that we had to
2: like guess and of course I think Brent you got you recognized all the oh, I, I'm sorry I nailed the soda <laughs> <taste. Yeah. laughs> that, that was that was like that was like my that was
0: my favorite one. How
2: long did you work on that, Megan?
0: I mean, truly, it took a couple of months, like on and off, you know, because I surprisingly I have another job than making the skateboards. <laughs> right. I wish I didn't. But this is pre pandemic, um, no, by the way. This is pre pandemic. This is, is pre pandemic. Wow. Yeah. So I was actually going into the office, and then I was doing this in my in my sort of spare time. Um, it's uh, first of all, the reason that I did it was because Brent has been throughout our friendship. Has thrown me and done the most amazing things for my birthday and taken such time and care. And one of them was he made a whole board game about being an FBI profiler, yes, where yes. he like he made he took all these real cases and then digested the facts and made like sort of clues. And so like um, he would oh, he would played. show me. Oh god, <laughs> yeah. it's incredible. And and then another birthday, he bought me those those chewable pills that you take that change your taste buds yeah, momentarily, oh, yeah. so that you, the yeah. miracle berries. And he's just so and so. I was like, okay, I got it. He's raising the bar and raising the bar. <laughs> I also have a deep love of escape rooms, and Brent has um, done a bunch of them with uh, my husband and I, and so I know he loves them as well. And I just like took our over a decade of friendship, and I said, I know all these things that Brent loves. Mm. Um, so everything from like he loves Gordon setters because <laughs> um, his family dogs have always been golden right. Gordon setters. So I ordered mm. uh, a calendar uh, from his favorite like Instagram Gordon setter account made of all the pictures from that mm-hmm. and then use that like within the game and it was it was so much fun um, but the soda thing I was really proud of because Brent's really loves Um, very specific um, sodas and candy bars like when when we travel we always bring back like weird candy bars from wherever we go and then taste test them with yeah
4: so (laughs) that
0: was a really fun way to ring in 26. So
2: impressive. uh, I remember you told me so I follow this one Gordon setter on Instagram and that was the one that you made the calendar out of and this is this is one of my favorites you were like you, this was how deep you went into it. You're like, I was, you like, I went to this Instagram page that I know you follow and I was going to just choose the pictures that you have liked. Yeah. And then you said, as I went through, I realized you have liked every single picture of this these- oh, <laughs> <my Yeah. God." laughs> <laughs> um, oh my God. god. yeah. So that yeah. was, that was really a, a preeminent moment, uh, in my life. I also want to share one of my, one of my other favorite memories, uh, uh, with you was unanticipated. So when I did Conan a few years ago, I was very nervous about it, and I basically told not a single person in the world that I was doing a set in the off chance I, like, diarrheaed myself and, like, I just didn't want anyone <laughs> to see it. Uh, and there was, I had one friend who had, you know, had done the show a lot, so uh, he and his wife uh, came. Um, so they were just, they'd, they'd, they'd been there a bunch, so I, w- I was kind of soothed by that. But, you know, you're nervous backstage, they call your name, they open the curtains, and I walk, you know, you're walking out to the microphone. And unlike most shows where you can't see the crowd, because the lights are so bright, it's TV, so you can actually see the crowd. And as I'm walking to the microphone, I can see that two people were already giving me a standing ovation. And (laughs) I remember thinking, I have what? I have like eight fans nationwide and I know that none of them are in LA right now. So like there's no way this is real. And I look up and it was Megan and Humphrey, her husband. Uh, Megan found out that I was doing the show because a friend of ours writes for the show. And they surprised me by being there. And it's it's it really was one of the one of the best moments of the day for for me. Wow. Oh my Aww. god, that's so nice. That's so nice. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, best moment of my day, too. I can't see Brent um, perform enough for my liking, mm. even though we started in know, college still. So I sometimes bring up old jokes of his, and he's like, that he hasn't told since like 2005. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, hey, you remember your Mrs. Dash joke? And he's like, no, why, why are you still talking about that? I, uh, I
2: still cool. very much uh, know that Mrs. Dash joke. Um. Wait. So the other thing is, uh, let's see. Let's, let's, let's the other fun well, things I want, about Megan. I, oh, go ahead. Well, I wanted to, No, I wanted to ask too. Like
4: you've been working right uh, recently on Mythic Quest. Yeah. And working on um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia um, for a long time, and now you're doing the it's always sunny podcast. Um, yeah. What is it like getting into the, that? It's. I mean, so clearly you're in the universe with Rob Mecklenayni. McEl- because um, they're also involved with uh, um it's, it's mythic
1: quest. I love I love the dog.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm no, I really love really it. Trying to get I love
1: my, I'm like, because away, go away, go away. Go because, go because a pug has such a specific sound. Such a direct.
2: specific because it, it just it feels like it has strangled something strangled breathing. Its yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, right. right. <laughs> sorry, I don't know. They haven't been paying attention to me. Of course, right.
1: right, now, right. No, like, happy, no. Right no We were just saying how a, a pug has such a specific sound when it breathes.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. Well, it's it's not breathing. That's what the sound <laughs> is. It's having a hard time breathing. Here, take that and go away. Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, I just started podcast producing, right? Um, which is a whole new thing for me. I'm, I'm learning kind of as I go, um, but it's. Um, it's way easier than writing television, yeah. so, so yeah. far, um, yeah. just because there's no script that you have to come up with beforehand. And yeah. no direct um, feedback,
2: so you don't yeah. have to worry about whether people like you or not. Yes. Unless yes. Unless, yeah. you is, unless you are doing that
4: because you have to, mm-hmm. engaging yes. with the audience. Yeah, true. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so it was. it's just been like a weird thing that I've been doing kind of in my off hours. I don't do off, uh, off hours right. I know when most people stop working, at the end of the day they just stop working and then they go home and they do and they what do them, life yeah. i think yeah. it's called or hang something up, i don't i don't weird thing i don't know what that is
2: yeah yeah for, for me the way i i sort of unwind at the end of the day is with a, a plane crash documentary and <laughs> news about the war in ukraine so de- it's been a, it's been a great month for me yeah, different, different strokes for different strokes. folks um yeah. and do you want to tell us a little bit about not that this matters because the woman is not defined by the man, but you have a wonderful partner named <laughs> Humphrey, uh, a great, brilliant, sweet, uh, funny, talented, British, British. tall, British, British. man. British. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> it's been described as elegant yeah, before. That's right. um, <laughs> Yeah, um, yes. I was so glad that um, Brent has accepted my husband into his life because <laughs> if it came down to a Sophie's Choice between the two of them, Brent oh, would have it. won. <laughs> um, but thankfully, they, they get along. They bonded over a love of weird candy bars mm-hmm. and sodas. So that yeah. really...
1: Well, that, like yeah. is isn't, to the
4: England is the place
1: for that, that, isn't it? Yes. That really is how Brent connects with strangers coming into the groups that, that we exist within <laughs> is he has to find that one thing that you can like obsess over with him and like yes. with my boyfriend it's project runway because he was on project runway so they can like have these conversations about project runway mm-hmm. and oh, with great. you it's it's clearly candy bars yeah
2: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well yeah with my with my husband he like that that is their um they're big crossover. Brent and I do like true crime, which my husband's not really into. But also fruity drinks. My husband, usually when we go out drinking together, if it's just if it's just Humphrey and I, they'll bring our drinks to the table and his will have like a flower floating in it, and mine will just be like whiskey and an ice cube. And then they'll put them down in front of the wrong people and we'll like wait till the waiter goes away and then we'll like switch them, which I don't know why we're not comfortable in our in our drinking styles. But so they bond over that too. But yeah Yeah. Oh, my husband, he's an actor and a writer and I met him, um, like 2013 and we got married like probably only like about a year after we started dating. Um, but we were like, if you don't mind me throwing this out,
2: this is, this is a a relationship that I think, you know, normally when something like this happens, it's, it's, you know, I think it's, would be considered something of a red flag, which is that you guys met you liked each other so much that you basically Humphrey moved in with you within about two weeks of meeting, right?
0: Ten, yeah. Like 10 days,
2: 10 days. Wow. And, and then yeah, it, it came up in our green work.
0: card interview.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh what God. was the green? So the green card interview is actually something I was going to bring up too, because like what a lot of people don't know is that like, it's not like, it's not, you don't just marry someone from the States if you aren't a citizen and then you just automatically become one. It's a very long process and there's yeah. this moment where uh, people from like DNS or whatever will actually ask you separately a series of very probing and personal questions about the other person to make sure that you in fact do know each other and that you live together. So you know the anyway, Megan, why don't you,
3: what like was that like? Like the
0: movie Green Card with Andy McDyre, right? right.
3: Sure. Oh, okay. Everyone's familiar with Gerard Depardieu.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Depardew>. <clears throat> Yeah, so we um we got married and then yeah, you have to it is a whole process like you have to apply for a green card you get one for two years, then you have to reapply after two years, and then I think you get one for seven years, and then hopefully you like become a citizen at the end of that, or you divorce. Um, either way, <laughs> um, you stop getting green cards. Um, but uh, but so we had to go downtown, um, and we had to get a an immigration lawyer, and um, <clears throat> we went downtown, and we were interviewed by a woman uh, together at first, but then yes, Brent's right. What happens is if they suspect that you're not actually married. Um, they will separate you and ask you wow. a series of questions like, um, "Does your shower have a uh, glass door or a curtain?" Mm-hmm. Does how many windows are in your bedrooms? Um, you know, uh, what are their favorite foods? What um, is the first movie you saw together? Like all sorts of weird, just like the newlywed game, basically mm-hmm. questions. Yeah. Which um, <clears throat> our lawyer gave us a, a, a document that had a bunch of them on on it so we could kind of prepare and we went out to dinner one night and like we didn't know half of the things that were <laughs> no. on there it's like what color is your partner's toothbrush and I was like what and he said mine was blue and I was like no it's purple and then we went back and we were looking at it together and we still, oh, no, still couldn't come to an agreement on whether it was blue or purple um, and so I was like well maybe they'll think we're married because we're arguing about the fucking color of our, of our <laughs> yeah. toothbrushes and so that that seems like something married but um we went to get so we went together and you know ours wasn't going to throw up a lot of red flags because we work in the same industry we're nearish yeah. to each other in age mm-hmm. um you know there's like unfortunately less uh pushback on countries like the UK right. than some other countries that he yeah. might have been coming from um <clears throat> But I remember we went in and there was this very like severe looking woman that was running the interview, and she was only asking questions to Humphrey and not to me. She was just saying, you know, going through all the what are, what are her parents' names and when, when did you guys first start dating?" and all of this stuff. And at one point, just because it was so awkward because I was in the room and she wasn't talking to me, he, he sort of when answering a question, to her sort of turned to me and was like, "Oh, I can't remember it's." Not. And the woman goes, <clears throat> You can't ask her. Don't look at her. She can't help you. And... It was like okay, um, but they ask him questions like basically, um, were you, uh, are you, have you ever been associated with a Nazi? What? Like with oh my the God. yeah, with like Nazis? Are you, um, have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Like they ask all these crazy like, oh, do you have any specialized weapons <laughs> training? It's like very bizarre this like series of questions. But anyway, the, none of those threw up red flags for her except she gets to the question: How soon after you started dating did you move in? And Humphrey's like, oh, it was probably like 10 days, which is true because he was at the time he was here and he was in a show. He had been cast in a pilot. Um, but our first date was actually the the dinner where the cast was like commiserating because they had found they didn't get picked up to series. Mm-hmm. So he had got a visa through doing the pilot that was like a four year visa or something. Yeah. Um, but he was here staying on like a friend's in a friend's spare bedroom. And then the friend had his mom come into town. So Humphrey was going to have to get like another place to stay anyway. And I was kind of like at that point, I was like 29 years old. and I was like, why don't you just stay at my place where? We're dating. We like if it it, worst case scenario, you take your toothbrush and you kick rocks, (laughs) you know, like it's not it's not like you your name's on the lease or anything. Um, So he just kind of moved in and then that was it. Like we never didn't live together after that point. He went back to England for a little while, for three months um, and then came back. And um, so he was kind of in the process of moving to L.A. But anyway, so we say to this woman um it was about 10 days and for the first time the whole interview she turns to me and she goes you let him move in after 10 days
1: <laughs> oh my god
0: like what? so judgy like the actual full-on judgment thing? Um, his green card. I think yeah. it is like light green. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's like a little pl- plastic. I love that. But I, so I say to this woman, I was like, I'm sorry, have you tried dating in Los Angeles? Because it's <laughs> not fun. And like, if a guy wanted to move in with me after 10 days, yeah, I was going to like roll those dice because I was dating guys where I couldn't get them to a, at like 4 p.m., if I would say, hey, do you want to get dinner tonight? They'd be like, whoa, let's not talk
4: about
2: the <laughs> right. oh, I, can, so, I oh. can barely pay someone to get coffee with me still. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's dating like in Los South. Angeles. He
4: was having problems with his heart. So he
2: make. <laughs> That's right. Elliot <laughs> loves the time the guy had to cancel a date on me because he was quote having problems with his heart again, even though he was like a 20 year more- old <laughs>
0: I have worse than that. One time I was hooking up with this guy and I texted him at like nine o'clock at night or something. I was like, hey, you want to hang out? And he was like, oh, I would. I've just done a lot of driving this
4: week. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God.
1: Thank you, I'm sir. I'm like, is
0: my pussy not even good enough for
4: like a 20-minute drive?
0: Like,
3: is <laughs> oh, that? Really?
2: Well, in this economy with this gas, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. This was different gas. This was different gas. <laughs> well, Megan this so Gans, fun, Megan. this has yeah. been absolutely such a delight. Thank you so oh much, much for fun. joining us. So, where can people oh, find you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, so yeah sad. Really quick. Where can no, we could do this for a long on time. The internet? Where can people find you and support you?
0: Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Megan Gans. And if you want to, I am also on the Sunny Podcast. So, the Always Sunny Podcast. Um, it's available everywhere podcasts are available and you can see me um i'm the sort of producer on that so i sit in the background at my desk with my headphones on and try not to participate too much but, um, <laughs> i am technically in it so find me there that sounds great
1: cool. thanks so much Megan. so much fun Megan. thank you thank you for doing this and another thing,
4: so guys. I'm wondering if you have ever gone hunting.
1: <laughs> this is the most random one. Yeah, I think, I think it's a
4: pretty, a very random one.
1: And I think um, I love it for that. Yeah,
4: yeah, because I mean, I don't. I, I, I mean, I can go first. I, I've never gone hunting. It is such a a, a, a thing. Like, just Jews don't hunt. You know, I mean, we just don't. And like, the idea of it is so foreign to me but we did, I did grow up next door to a family that even though we were on Long Island, they were like, they sort of acted like they lived in like Appalachia yeah. and the, the dad did go hunting. Um, he would practice like archery, but he, they were like true imbeciles, but they would talk about hunting and like bringing home bison meat or deer meat or whatever. <laughs> right. It was just like, uh, it's just not a thing I understand. And I'm also, a, I mean, I'm certainly a sensitive enough soul that like just the idea of shooting and killing an animal yeah it's for too much no for reason is yeah i mean outside of you know n- nourishment that you eat meat yeah 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 I, and i also i mean i i can't imagine doing it but i wonder as midwesterners if that was more of a
2: common well, that's thing. why you mostly graze on almonds and 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 peas for dinner is because um, you don't feel comfortable like slicing you. into a big steak
4: well i can't eat i genuinely like don't like to eat meat when it feels like Neanderthalistic. i don't yeah, yeah, to, like like yeah. not at a not on a chicken bone or like use my fingers to like I can't like I can't like but I also don't like patties so I have to sort of find some yeah what what do you you, I am obsessed
2: with what Elliot eats I need to know more about this (laughs) well
4: I don't need I I I will like sort of pick apart a sandwich I really don't like to eat a full sandwich I can have like chicken breast or whatever or like a fish kind of salad but like I do not like patties. I do not like hamburgers. (laughs) I don't like things that have been processed into a shape. (laughs) Okay. But I do not want to
2: have And you don't like steak, right? I like steak every now and then. Every now and then. Do you like sushi? Yes. Okay.
3: All right. I like sushi a
2: We got a a, a couple there. So my dad is from Watertown, New York, which he will tell you is basically everyone hunts in Watertown because that's like Northern New York. He would tell stories as a kid of, Hunting and shooting squirrels before school, bringing them home to his mom, who would then make him squirrel sandwiches. We always we've teased him our our, oh. our whole lives about that. So he and he also the the Gordon setters that we had uh, as a family growing up are technically hunting dogs, and yeah. there's literally nothing cuter in the world than seeing a dog point at a bird. It is the absolute cutest thing in the entire world. Um, so I have never gone hunting, but my dad has hunted a few times. He's petered off the last yeah. twenty years or so, but he used to go maybe once every other year. What did I he think. hunt? A pheasant, like yeah, just bird, like birds mm. and stuff. Yeah. And one time he brought some hen home or some some shit, maybe hen pheasant. It was just like a small bird with very like little Carl meat Dickin. on it. I brought yeah.
1: hen home. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. Looks, right. It feels like Papa, yeah. Papa brought a hen home. (laughs) I just uh, can't imagine it.
4: I just can't imagine. I mean, at the end of the day, even the idea of like ending the life of an of something like sure, I'll 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 kill a spider or flies or whatever, but like ending the life of something that could like look me in the eyes is too hard. Yeah. Even fish, I I don't, you know, even fish.
2: I think I could kill a fish, and I think I could kill it, I think I could behead a chicken, but I don't eat pork for that reason. I don't eat pork because pigs are really cute and very smart. And I'm really? phasing I didn't out beef. Anymore. Yeah. 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 I don't you're phasing pork. out beef? Yeah. I'm phasing out beef. I think I'll probably eat beef infrequently, but I used to eat steak like once a week. And I'm just yeah. like, this is gluttonous. I don't need yeah. and I wasn't like I wasn't like in relishing it. I was just like, oh, steak night, I guess. And it's what, like what, 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 a uh, big uh, piece of meat. For,
4: what is the reason for, for phasing out the beef?
2: I think beef is worse for the environment than chicken. It it um is.
1: I mean, chicken's bad for the environment, too, but
2: beef is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have no doubt that chicken is. uh, But, like, I feel like beef sounds worse. Cows are bigger animals. They're, like, I don't know. They seem to have bigger brains than chickens. Chickens are dumb as fuck. Like, I don't... I'm sorry, I don't care. I don't care about chickens. Don't abuse them. I'm not saying I Mm. want them abused. Yeah. But I don't care that... I don't care if they get, like, you know, beheaded by some machine. I think there's something
1: something with beef and, like, (laughs) CO2... Um, yes there's some, there, the something the levels of about they, their farts honestly. yeah something about their farts yeah exactly excuse
2: yeah. me that's I'll really fart, huh? crass guys <laughs> yeah. now what about you alan have you ever gone hunting
1: uh, i've never. well i have i don't, have, know, I don't know Well, i'm from missouri so clearly it's right a that's true state, and there's a huge 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 everyone in missouri goes deer hunting because deer oh. is such, a,
2: such right. a
1: they're like they're like I, they're like rabbits and that they just like
2: procreate oh, okay. they just, yeah you know, they do ann arbor yeah. actually my hometown has a deer problem where yeah they and so i understand
1: hundreds. i understand the need for hunting in a state like missouri because i mean we we've seen the problem of like deer coming in and like fucking up your yard I mean, there's all there's all kinds yeah. of little things that it just becomes so much it's sort of like in florida too with snakes there's like a huge snake problem there that they have like snakes just procreate and yeah. then, and snakes eat everything but not everything eats snakes so it's sort of it becomes there's a big snake hunting thing in florida too but anyway i i went along on a hunting trip when i was a kid and then i but i've never physically like hunted or killed an animal myself that said when i was working on a uh campaign in missouri for nancy farmer she was running for us Senate, <laughs> right a Democrat. Yeah, I remember, I remember. she famously was the first missouri state official to come out in support of gay marriage So thank you. Very nice. Before marriage equality was legal.
2: Did she win Um, that election, by the
1: way? No, she lost horribly. (laughs) Um, She was running against Kit bond and she lost horribly. Uh, But I love her nonetheless. Anyway, I was in Southern Missouri and I was at this fundraiser and the guy who was running, he's a big hunter, huge hunter. And he had like Mm -hmm. all, he had businesses, hunting businesses and shit. And he told me that he would give me the max amount to Nancy Farmer if I shot a gun and wow. uh, and i was like i can do that i will do that and so i got up to shoot the gun he taught me how to shoot it and everything the most painful thing i've ever oh yeah it was a shotgun it was a shotgun and i i i did not i thought i was going to be like yeah i'm gonna feel cool i'm gonna be like in an action movie i'm gonna be awesome and shoot this fucking gun and i've always wanted to go to a shooting range here just to like pretend like shoot it like a tiny little gun but I shot it and it was so painful. And I was just like, why would anyone do this? Casually on a
2: Saturday, why? I'm in pain. It's funny you say that because again, as someone who hasn't shot a gun, I know that there's recoil and shit, but like there was a case I was uh, uh, learning about recently, a, a murder case, this guy's accused of killing. And one of the big pieces of evidence in his this person's this the accused person's defense is that he supposedly shot a shotgun. He would have had to shoot a shotgun five times to yeah for this crime, and he had no bruises on his shoulder. And they're like, It's yeah. almost impossible to do you can't shoot a shotgun 5 times and not have, have some, some marks thing. on your shoulder yeah because yeah. it is because the force it blows of it back is, at you so hard
1: yeah, yeah. the force oh, of it wow. so and that's why i think hunters wear certain things like to protect their shoulders or something i don't i don't know what everything they do i didn't have it on that day i was a fat fuck in khakis and like gap shit where <laughs> yeah. shooting a gun into the middle of nothing missouri didn't hit anything i mean it was
2: that so is fun. that is an interesting i never kind of, felt more gay fun,
1: i never felt more gay than shooting than a shooting gun.
2: a gun <laughs> yes than shooting
1: that gun because everyone around me was i literally i was the monkey in that moment i was the faggot they were like let's watch this faggot shoot a gun like that yeah. was I, but i got the check and nancy was happy and that's all that mattered
2: <laughs> they're probably still talking about you by the
1: way i hope so <laughs>
4: What would your, your aunt, aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she had heard on today's show?
2: Elliot should write a book called Jews
4: Don't Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> My Aunt Joanne would say, I'd love to know if Brent drinks Dr. Browns.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a little, little too deep cut for me. I'm more of an A&W kind of guy, but I yes. support your aunt nonetheless. Yeah.
1: And how about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, I've always wanted to visit an escape room, but then again, sometimes I feel like my marriage to Ray is an escape room. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I love that. You know.
4: That's a good yeah. one. That's a
2: good one. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Blazer. I am Mr. Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Alan Scott. <laughs>